0: Welcome to the Grand Sand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti and I'm joined as always by my brothers Adam. Hey, what's going on guys? And Craig. Hey, how's it going guys? So today's a little bit of a special podcast. We're going to highlight some of the maybe lesser known guys that we're cheering for to make progress this year. Um, Craig, why don't you give us a little idea of how we chose our, our guys?
1: Yeah, so so basically, we've we've each chosen three guys. Um, my boys, my boys, my boys, uh, <laughs> and so one of whom would be a you know a top fifty in the world ranked guy. So these these are probably people you've heard of, um, and and basically for each of them, whatever they're looking for is a little bit different um some of them it's maybe holding on to where they are ranked other guys they're looking to move up other guys it's get a first win uh you know different different stories for all of them um, but one of them is a, is a top 50 ranked guy another one uh for each of us is is a you know 50 to 100 50 to 150 but guys who are on the tour yeah. or you know more established type of players and then the last one that each of us chose. This is more just your your wild card, your long shot. It may be a, a Euro Tour guy, a Corn ferry guy, a PGA rookie. Right. Um, it's just it's uh, it's someone you you probably haven't heard of, or if you have heard of, uh, it, we just really want to follow their story over the next year.
2: And to give this a little bit of context, we're recording this right after the 2020 U.S. Open. So if any of our picks do win in the next couple of weeks, it's this is when we're recording it now, right? Yeah, and I just, I
1: also, I mean, for context, some of my guys might have already done well, but I just, it's not like I'm hopping on the bandwagon. (laughs) The research
0: was done beforehand. The
2: research
1: was done The research has been done.
0: Yeah. The U.S. Open week was a little bit of a busy week. We were hoping to get this out before. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to record before, even though we had picked a lot of our players. I'm happy to say all of my players fit perfectly into their (laughs) categories that they are currently in. So... It's a, it's a wash. So I'm going to go first here, guys. Um, my first guy is the 14th-ranked player in the world, uh, Milton.
2: Yeah, Milton. Milton. Of
0: course. Milton Poa slash Tony Finau. So Tony Finau is a guy <laughs> I've always cheered for. Um, he was born September 14th, 1989. Hey, 1989. I like it. I like it already. (laughs) He turned pro at 17. Um, He played on many mini tours: the Gateway, the Hooters Tour, the National Pro Tour. Um, He came to PGA Tour Canada in 2013. Um, He was on Big Break Disney. Oh,
1: I did know that one. Oh, yeah, in
0: 2009. Um, he won the Stonebreak Classic in 2014. The thing that,
1: sorry, I just got to interrupt you for a sec. The thing that blows me away, like Big Break, Tony Finau's 14th ranked in the world. Like, how did he not win this thing?
0: Yeah, so he didn't win his season? He did not win his season. He came second. It just goes to show a, a show like that. Like, you need to hit the right shot right at the right time. That's what yeah. it's all about.
1: Yeah, it's less about playing rounds of golf and and seeing who's low at the end of it.
0: So... Uh Tony won his f- first PGA Tour event, his first and unfortunately only PGA Ooh. Tour event in 2016 at the Puerto Rico Open. So that was an opposite field event. Um, Tony has consistently been in the top 10 in a ton of pig tournaments. And that's yeah. why we all know his name. So what I'm really going to be following is whether Tony can take the next step and he can start winning maybe he gets a major but really he just needs to start winning pga tour events on a consistent basis because he's that good he's always there
1: yeah i also i hate i mean i get it because he's good enough so he gets a lot of flack for not having one but i just hate that people use the fact that he's getting top tens as like an argument against him you know like the guy's really good
2: yeah the other thing is really good Tony makes it look really easy too, which I think people think he, d- he doesn't work as hard, but he just like, it's so smooth and relaxed and he just kind of has a nice kind of walk and swagger to him. Except well, I t- think one of my favorite Tony Finau highlights was his first Masters. Was it 2017 or 2018 when he was playing in the par three tournament? Yeah. You guys that remember he, that? he
1: rolled his ankle. He got a
2: hole in one. He was running down to celebrate. His ankle went ninety degrees and then he just popped it back in place. Oh, it makes me cringe just thinking about it. I hate and that. then
0: went on they then went on to finish tenth in yeah, that Yeah, That's up. unbelievable. With a purple ankle. Yeah.
1: I think I actually um played him in some DFS that week. I don't yeah. know why. But... <laughs> so in
0: two thousand in two thousand eighteen, Fino finished sixth in the Fed up FedEx Cup standings. He had eleven top tens. And he finished the season strong with a Ryder Cup record of two one and zero, playing for a U.S. Hmm. team that that lost pretty badly. So he oh. was a, a lone bright spot on that team. Um, 2019, he lost to Xander in a playoff at the WGC HSBC. Um, he was in the final group of the Masters. Not so unfortunate. He didn't pull that one off because we know who did. Um, so I actually forgot. Rip- he, I forgot he was rip- in that golf, final forgot. group. I don't yeah. think
1: he wasn't super close at the end. Was he?
0: He finished tied for fifth. That was a pretty bunch leaderboard though. So he, he yeah, was, but like he I wasn't the one who, back.
1: who was the closest back. to him. And, um, and that was tiger that won that one. If, if you weren't following. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. I will be following him this year as well, but I left him off my list just to be clear. Um, he came third in the open championship in 2019 as well. um, so, two thousand twenty, this year, he lost the waste management to Webb Simpson in a playoff. He came tied for third at the three M Open, um, and that that finish uh, gave him the record for most top tens without a win. At thirty, wow. is currently what he's at. Well, which he's actually expanded on because he finished T eighth in the U.S. Open and T fourth in the PGA Championship since then so this guy he's a top 10 machine yeah if you look at his he's played in 10 career majors and he's 7 for 10 in top 10 or 7 for 10 finishing inside the top 10 that's unreal he's never finished outside the top 10 at augusta I, I, he's just, only played twice that's a small sample size played twice I was just going to say but, so this
2: season we got, he's got two chances there is he going to be one of your one and dones and uh, maybe Mr. He old might Big be, he, he
0: might be we'll have to see I'm not going to I'm not going to tip my hand there yet but so, so Tony's a guy I've, I've been cheering for him for a long time i want him to get another win the curse of the puerto rico open i've told you guys about the the (laughs) winner of the puerto rico open has never gone on to win another tournament any of them except the puerto rico open again wow so tony is gonna break that curse and he's gonna do it this year maybe in a big you know in in a big setting like a major but i'd just be happy with him to get a couple more notches on the belt at this point
1: yeah yeah i like it he's a very easy guy to cheer for
0: he sure is, yeah. Nice family. And he's also, man.
1: from what I hear, I, th- I think he's super well-liked on tour. I think everybody likes him.
0: Interesting fact, he has some famous cousins. He has uh, Haloti Naha, the former... Baltimore uh, Haloti Ravens. Haloti yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jab- Jabari Parker. Yeah. Jabari Parker as well. Oh, in, the box, the NBA. Yeah. Well, he was with the so, Bucks for a little bit. Yeah. So, an athletic family. So he's the
1: he's the failure when Haloti's <laughs> <Helody's> around. <laughs> yeah.
0: Does Haloti ever a ring? He, uh, he's he got one there. with
1: the Ravens, right? He's he has got some of the most in...
0: epic quarterback sack highlights <laughs> like of all time. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, so who's up next here? Uh, I think I'm going next, right, Adam? Yeah, Greg, who do you got? Okay, so for my top 50 guy, I'm looking at Hideki Matsuyama. Now... I don't know whether you guys know Hideki's sort of background and full story so I'll, I'll give it to you in brief um Hideki you know we, this came up on the on the podcast a few weeks ago, but uh Hideki seems like he's been around forever yeah um but he's he's twenty eight years old he's nineteenth ranked in in the official world golf rankings right now um but he i mean it seems like he's been around forever because he was absurdly good uh, at a very young age right. uh he came over uh he had won i forget the uh which um uh japanese or, or asian amateur uh he had won uh at, in 2011 uh but he got in it got him into the masters and so he came over as a 19 year old in his first t- first tournament and uh got a for uh twenty-seventh. Twenty-seventh at the Masters.
2: His first tournament in America was the Masters? And he got t twenty seven?
1: Well it would have been his first tournament against the pros.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, they have a spot at the Masters for for uh Asian tour qualifier. Right. I don't know. There's a there's one or two. Right. I can't I don't know right. what exactly they well, are. Well, and but... I think
1: it's one of the amateur. Like there's sort of the there's the right. European amateur, there's the Asian sure. Pacific yeah. amateur or something. Right. Um, but anyway, so basically, from that point on, he rose very quickly. Uh, he was on the the Japanese uh, or the Japan tour. Uh, he basically he dominated there uh, in in the first few years. He was there twenty thirteen. He won four times. Um, he came over to play full time on the PGA tour in twenty fourteen. Uh, so this would be as a uh, you know 22 year old 21 22 year old won the memorial his first year here which wow. i mean it's 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 not wow. a major but it's one of the bigger uh, stronger yeah. field events of the year every year in year out um one let me see one t- so 2016 he won the waste management open uh won tiger's hero world challenge won wgc hsbc uh 2017 he repeat won the waste management open and then won WGC bridge stone so you know that's 2017 he would have been about uh, somewhere around 24 25 years old. He already had five fairly major um, you know major being not opposite field events or anything like that but and then a few I mean the WGCs those are and the memorial those are big those are big wins.
2: I think um, I also heard during his stretch at the Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open that the crowd didn't affect him as much because he didn't know English that well. So it just kind of rubbed off his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good strategy, I guess. Yeah, more yeah.
1: more people should pretend they don't know. Well, and, and this is one of the funny things is, I don't know if you've seen interviews with him, but he still uses a translator and he won't... Oh, really? He, like, he answers questions in Japanese. I think he'll, he'll understand most of... Like right. Sometimes he won't get the his translator to repeat the question asked of him, mm-hmm. but he'll always answer in Japanese, which is a, a little yeah. bit funny to me. Um, but anyway, so 2017, that was kind of uh, the peak for Hideki. Uh, he worked his way up to second in the world. Wow. Um, he was that year, his finishes, uh, so his major finishes, he was... Uh, T-11 at the Masters, T-2 at the U.S. Open, that was uh, at Aaron Hills when Brooks won, Okay, Um, tied for 14th at the Open Championship, and tied for 5th at the PGA Championship, so, I mean, pretty darn good, Um, (laughs) yeah,
2: I would say so
0: good enough <laughs> to
1: become your boy <laughs> good enough to become a boy um but so essentially he has you know he's got seven top 10s in majors 17 top 25s in majors this guy's 28 years old but the big thing that's that's hanging over his head is that uh japan has never had a golfer win a major championship yeah and this came up this week at the u.s open and it it is significant um, it apparently you know the media the japanese media is craving this and so anytime yeah. he is in contention um, there's just that much more pressure that i think is on him but so really what i'm looking for we got six majors this year we've just had one go by so we've got five left um, 28 years old this should be basically his prime it is not his peak uh, you know, he in terms of, of his results, he he was better, I think, in 2016, seventeen. Twenty seventeen um,
2: was his uh major performance you're saying? Like
0: Aaron Hills and all that?
1: Yeah, and so he actually hasn't uh had a top ten in a major since twenty seventeen. Right. And, well
0: Tony's been gobbling them all up.
1: Well yeah, Tony's gobbling them <laughs> all up. I mean this past week at the US Open, you see what happens. I think uh Hideki was somewhere about third or fourth. Um starting on Sunday and went plus
0: 8 to fall fall out of it. So um, your your hope is that he can win a major or that he can get back to form or what are you really hoping for? Where's he at in the world rankings right now?
1: So he's 19th. So he's fallen off uh, pretty good, but what I I think ultimately Hideki yes, I'd like I want to see him get back in form generally, but for Hideki so the last thing that everyone needs to know about Hideki is he is one of the, if not the best ball striker in the world. Um, his tee to green rankings over the past five years, fourth, second, third, 16th, third. His putting rankings here we over go. the past five years, 223rd, <laughs> 170th, 97th, 78th, 167th. Mm. So he seemed to be improving
2: there for a little bit yeah mean well. top hundred
1: <laughs> so so really, the thing that Hideki and and I think this is where like for him to win a major, you're gonna have to make big putts, you're gonna have to make big putts on sunday, and on so hard greens on hard greens against other players who are who are coming for you um Hideki's really good at beating a lot of people on at majors he's he has to learn how to beat everyone one of those weeks, and and the putting is going to be his Achilles heel. So um, I don't Are think he's going to figure out his putting, but if he can figure it out strategy? for one,
0: maybe he <laughs> should go with, the, with yeah. the fully locked. I've I've heard that his uh, his mechanics leave a little bit to be desired on his putts, so maybe and he's got to just yeah. I and yeah. it's not it's it's obviously not from a lack of of working on it or trying or, you know, tinkering is, he's just got to figure out something that works for him because he's so good in the other aspects of his game. that it's just, it just, just,
1: I mean, he's, he's so good to green that he can be in contention every week. He just has to have one of those majors get hot with his putter and take it down.
0: Yeah. I I remember watching an open championship. Open Championship one year, and it's a few years back now. And they just kept going to Hideki because he was hitting it within 15 feet on every single hole. (laughs) Yeah, so he's always got birdie putts. And like five feet on some, and he just could not buy a birdie putt. And he was only a couple shots back, and it's just like, if he could just get a couple putts (laughs) to fall, he was playing the best. He was playing... The best out of anybody by far, T.D. Green, and he just could not make the putts. And it was after a while, they're just like, Here's another putt from Hideki. Oh, he missed it. You know, like it. Some of these yeah, guys, you know, the
2: hole looks like a basketball hoop, and for Hideki that day, it looked like a thimble, and he just couldn't even touch it,
0: probably. Yeah. yeah. Poor, poor guy. You feel for guys like that. So, yeah. I'm glad well, he's well, one of your s- boys, Craig.
1: He's my boy. So, he was the most, by the age of 24, he was the most decorated and successful. Japanese golfer ever. So yeah. like this pressure on him to win the major has been on him for a long time. So I just want to see him break through and do it. That's that's let's, what I'm going to be
2: watching.
0: Let's get back in the winner's circle first, and then you know we can get a major after that. After Final, right? After <laughs> no Finau, Fina, just got to get back in the winner's circle. <laughs> yeah. He's got to get a win. Yeah, yeah, he's got to get a win. All right, Adam, who do you, who's your guy inside the top fifty? Yeah, so my boy. Patrick
2: Cantley, also age 28, so the eight, same age as Hideki, uh, coincidentally, but a little bit different path to get there. He's currently world number 12, but I think he can move up into the top five this year. I think he has a good shot uh, to take on my first major championship. And if you don't know much about Patrick Cantley, he has a very decorated, but also very tragic backstory. He was a freshman. So he's a California kid. He's a freshman at UCLA. He won four tournaments that year and took almost most major collegiate awards, and he was ranked as the world number one amateur in 2011. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> Not bad. Same year, qualified for the U.S. Open, finished T21 and low amateur. The very next week, he played at the Travelers Championship as an amateur, shot 60 on the Friday, broke the course record, and broke the single round record for an amateur on the PGA Tour. Sorry, what did, so what what's the week? tragic part? I, I feel... Oh, Craig, it, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the end of the year, he broke the record for the most consecutive weeks as a top amateur in the world at 54 weeks. So he was good and he just yeah, he should just turned He should just turn pro there.
0: Do you know what he finished in the, at that Travelers? Did he shot a
2: 60? I actually don't know. I'd have to look it up. If someone can pull it up, I'd be interested. I'll look it up here. Um, So after his stellar 2011, he skipped his final two years of college to turn pro in June of 2012. He earned his first professional win uh, and his second start at the web.com tour in 2013. So he's kind of up and down uh, PGA and web.com. In his second web.com tour, he won. Later that year, he was at the practice range uh, warming up for his second round of a tournament when he hurt his back. He got it checked out. It turned out he had a fracture of his L5 vertebrae, a fracture from warming up
1: wow yeah i'm just i i didn't even realize this i'm i pulled up his thing here and there's a gap here for a few years yeah. So i feel like i'm getting into the tragedy here uh he was he was 24th tied for 24th at that 24th course. so later in
2: 2013 he gutted out a few more tournaments and got his pga card this is with his fractured back he tried to come back on a limited schedule in 2014 and then he took all of 2015 off due to injury he just was advised you, you can't play right now you got to take another year off he was wasn't set to return he pretty get- much
0: at the time when he when he gutted out tournaments? Wasn't he? He had pretty much qualified, but he, and he essentially needed to like make a cut. Yeah, and, and he I, and he had been waiting all season, and like just to get his, over that
1: FedEx point amount.
0: He needed like yeah. a point or yeah. a couple oh. points, or or like. But I think at the time it was money list, and he needed yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
2: like the money list from the year cut. prior. So you hear yeah, these guys and, with like and, a hurt wrist or like a stiff stiff neck. I mean, he's got a. Cracked vertebrae, a fractured back. vertebrae in his back. I mean, he wouldn't get the medical
1: exemption because he didn't have a card yet. So yeah. he, that's, that's a hard spot so to be. 2013,
2: 2014 off, 2015 off. He was set to return in January 2016. And again, he was advised to not play that year. So he had to take another year off. So this is where it gets really tragic. And this gets really sad. He's in Newport Beach, California with his caddy and best friend, Chris Roth. They were crossing the street... One just out of nowhere, Roth was struck by vehicle. Cantley was just 10 feet away, he says. He, he held Roth in his arms, and ultimately Roth was pronounced dead at the hospital. So he, had, he hasn't played in three years. He lost his best friend, and there's no outlet for him, like he can't play the game he loves. It's just one of the hardest stories I mean, I've come across in a still, long still time. Injured. Still injured. So, finally, after years of tragedy and heartbreak and loss of a friend, in 2017, he returned to golf. He returned at Pebble Beach. Remember, he's a California kid. At that time, he was ranked 1,424 in the world. Nine months later, he was ranked 42nd. So, from 1,400 wow, to 42nd. Nice. And this is just the talent that he has. Since- well, yeah. And after going
1: through all that, like for someone who was so good as an amateur, Um You know, some guys just never, never get it back. So like, that's what you love to see.
2: Yeah. And it, 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 I think for everyone who was kind of surprised and saw his story coming up, like the fact that he got it back in his first year is pretty incredible. Um, Since then, he has two wins. He also won the Memorial Championship in 2019. He was actually leading at one point in the 2018 Masters on Sunday. uh, Tiger's big win and Finau in the final group. Uh, But ultimately he fell off. He finished T9. That same. Well, year. I think
0: that was a little bit misleading because he had played the birdie holes. Yeah, the, he, yeah, had yeah. Played. he had gone through thirteen and fifteen. It's the way against the plays, man. All right. <laughs> hey,
1: man, you can't let anyone else have anything. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, he didn't fall. I'm, I'm defending him. I'm saying he didn't fall off. It's just that he oh, got, got you, there got before got the other guys got
2: there. Yeah, let's call him uh, middle. He was in the pa- middle of the pack, and he he
0: he was he, out. He was out early, and yeah. he played a good round. And exactly. I got the,
2: yeah. So talking about majors, later that year he is T three at the PGA Championship. Uh, He, if it cuts to him, it can be infuriating to watch him. He can stand over a putt or a drive for close to twenty seconds, and he shuffles his feet, shuffles his feet, shuffles his feet. You're like, all right, so is this is this like Sergio Garcia regripping? Frustrating or like? I I I can be. I think it's more, and I I, I feel like no, he always has no, to eat. Be- no. no, you you were too young to remember
0: Sergio <laughs> regripping. It was brutal. Because
1: I've seen Cantley a few times, and he's done it a couple times, but I've never seen it like the para- paralyzed that you would see Sergio, where he just like could not you know could not do it and just hit the shot
2: well I think when I was watching the 2019 for some reason maybe I've just made up this memory but I feel like I was watching it with our dad and Cantley was standing over a putt and he was just growing so <laughs> anxious that's like why haven't you moved your putter yet it's been 15 20 seconds <laughs> but yeah when they cut it's, to him it's it can... funny
1: too because dad Cantley's the type of guy that I feel like dad would love but that's the type of thing that dad would hate <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so, yeah, he's only 28. He's taken three years off from competitive golf. I think a big major win is coming in 2020, 2021. I think we got Tory Pines at the U.S. Open. Maybe California kid. He can make it happen there. But my just thing, he's my boy. He's going to stand over a putt for a little bit long. But, you know, he's earned that time. But let's just give him that time to make that putt, okay? Let's give him a little bit of extra You know,
0: time. another thing I've I've heard about Patrick is that he, because of his injury, he – has to, you know, people have heard about Tiger's warm-up routine. How he's up at 4 a.m. before right. his rounds to try to warm up his back. Cantley's the same way. He Cantley's the usually the first guy to arrive at the course, from what I understand. And he has to go through the whole right. rigmarole of getting his body and his back worked worked up, uh, yeah. stretched out, so he can so he can safely play without risking an injury. So yeah. um, you got to admire that kind of dedication and work ethic
1: yeah so was it just um like he just w- w- was swinging you know so much um leg in his swing when
2: he was younger like is that how he hurt hurt his back there was just so much torque he would put on it actually i would have to dive a little bit deeper i don't know how it happened i know like i know it happened warming up like on the in the practice yeah, ring for his section. so yeah. um clearly it's something and probably i mean the fact that he took so much time off, he probably re and, I mean, did a oh, little yeah. something here, I did a little something there. Um, maybe he to hear come back pro early. athletes
1: talk about coming back from injuries, and it's just a horrible process for people who rely on yeah. their ability to physically perform, to to do this like you know it's super lucrative but like it's a very very thin line between being able to do it or not and when it relies on your body and your body's not there it could just be like the mental aspect of the rehab and not so everyone
2: hard. is uh adrian peterson this can grow a new acl and rush for two thousand yards or so the next year <laughs> So yeah, my boy, Patrick Cantley, uh, watch for him to make, uh, some, some noise in 2020. Nice. I'm going to be cheering for Cantley. I didn't know
0: all that. Yeah, there you go. Cool. All right. So my next guy is a guy we've talked about on this podcast many times. My boy, Mackenzie Mm -hmm. Hughes, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, born November 23rd, 1990 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Attended Kent State University. Um, so Mackenzie won the 2011 and 2012 canadian amateur championships i'm sure you guys were were following along i was following that one pretty close yeah yeah <laughs> um he played eGolf professional tour and the pga tour canada on the pga tour canada he won the 2013 cape breton celtic classic oh that sounds like a fun one to win Yeah, I would think it would be a good party after that one.
1: (laughs) There's some nice courses out
0: there. (laughs) Oh, there's full course out there. Um, So in 2013, he won the uh, PGA Canada Order of Merit. Um, He earned his web status, but he then lost his web status in 2014, making only seven of 20 cuts. Mm. He earned his web status again in 2016 through Q School. Uh, He won the 2016 price cutter charity championship to earn his PGA tour status. Sorry, that was a
1: web or what was the web? That That was a
0: web event. So he went, he went, uh, uh, mini tour to the PGA tour Canada where he won the order of merit. He got web status, lost web status, got web status again through Q school. Um, and then he won the 2016 price cutter charity championship to earn his PGA tour status in 2016. Hmm. Um, and then he won his fifth start on the PGA Tour, the RSM Classic. He actually won wire to wire. His, only his fifth start, wire to wire. Wow. Yeah, fifth, fifth start, wire to wire. He what like a, a change man. to go from
1: like grinding to get onto the <laughs> yeah. tour to all of a sudden having a, a tour win in your pocket, like all the exemptions, the money, everything that comes <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So he uh, he won a five-man playoff. Actually, wow, he won over, well. <laughs> Mostly people you went to know. Billy Horschel was in the playoff. Camilo Vujacic, oh, Eric yeah. Norlander, yeah, um, and then Blaine Barber was the other guy. Um, so then after that, he kind of he, he hasn't done a lot since then until this year. These last well, couple of months. <laughs> yeah, last year, 2019, he finished T second at. Um, the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Hey, hey, hey. Which anybody, I think I'm to say anybody, he's like third or for fourth next week. He's in third the or fourth field. favorite
1: this week. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's second favorite actually right now. Yeah, on the on the odds I looked on, anyways. Um, so then 2020, he really turned it on. He finished. Uh, well, that that was part of the season, and then he finished second in the Honda. He went 66-66 which was right the before
1: the the break, right? The COVID break.
0: Oh, pretty close. I think so. I, I think it I was either the last
1: was, or second last tournament. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, it was. Um, but he, that was a that was a brutal uh, test. That one. Yeah. The pond is always a. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the one with the bear trap. Yeah, I think you're right. That's yeah, a, yeah. It's it's a really tough setup, and he finished 66, 66 on the weekend, and just catapulted up the leaderboard. Um, then after the restart, he had that third at the Travelers. Right. What was that that was after right? Yeah, where D, where DJ ended up winning. That's the one where he made two bomb putts on 17 and 18 to move from a fifth to a third, which we talked about. Those points were enough what? to get him to ultimately qualify for the. You know, he made that that beauty downhill five footer at at um, which one was it in the playoffs? BMW. There? Oh, this, that's the BMW. That's awesome. I love so that. Yeah, all the points count, and wow. he, he made it into the Tour Championship. Um, He finished 13th at the tour championship, moved up at the tour championship as well to finish 13th. Um,
1: Which is not easy to do. To, I mean, no, you're, you're he, moving up against the 30 best golfers in the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So all this has given him because he had such a, a great season here, it's given him priority status for next year or, or for this season. Now he's in all the majors. He's up to 54th in the world hmm. um, as of this week um and so
1: just so, just because i so do i i think i sort of understand this essentially there's more people on the pga tour than can get into every event so the higher you are like when you are you know you played in the tour championship the year before you get to pick your whole schedule throughout yeah, the year because yeah, yeah. you you know you're not going to potentially get bumped by people that have higher priority. It, so it's, it's just awesome for planning
0: there's different tiers of status so if yeah. all the guys you know and, and I think it's it's even almost ranked so if you choose to be an event you get to be an event if you have priority status so he that's what he gets to do this year so what I'm looking at for Mackenzie Hughes this year I mean he's my boy I'm going to be cheering for him no matter no, what I, But what I, I'm, I think he's all our boy a little bit like you can have well, him a little bit but, in this segment but same, mostly but. my boy <laughs> Uh, but I'm just looking to see that he can kind of parlay this and launch it into his career where he's yeah. consistently one of these guys who, you know, he's not having to battle for his card every year. He's he's going to be a staple name out there. Um, yeah. You know, get, he, he obviously can play well at hard courses. Um, he's proven that. So um, I'm looking, you know, make some noise in majors, keep Keep climbing the world rankings. Like I say, he's up to 54th. Crack that top 50. You know, get some high finishes. Maybe get another win this year. Well, and there's so um, much
1: inertia on the PGA Tour. So, like, getting to that level, it's like, it's almost, once you're there, it's almost easier because of how preferential it is to set up your schedule and all these things. You know, it's,
0: the, the, the it, events like the WGCs, those are no-cut events uh-huh. that just give you world ranking points, you yeah, know, yeah. to get into those. And it's money
1: like, in your pocket.
0: Like, yeah. It's a self-perpetuating cycle if you can, if you can continue yeah. to get into those. So, but
1: you got to get um, into the club first.
0: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So he's, he's cracked into that club now. And I'm, I'm just hoping he can, like I say, parlay it and launch him into you know, a long career on the PGA Tour. So that's what, what I'm yeah,
1: Maybe even to. another
2: Canadian major winner down the road. The one oh, thing I kind of like about him great. this year is he, uh, he just seems like a clutch performer a little bit. It seems like yeah. he, he can make the big he's, pot in the big moment.
0: He seems tough to me. Like, so the has, other
2: thing, and, and on that note, gr- so he's,
1: he's played, he, all his best finishes have been at these courses where everyone gets beat up. So, yeah. he, like, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he is a grinder. Like, a lot of these, you know, there's those type of players that do well when it's a birdie race. Yeah. And... Uh, he seems like the kind of guy that when it's going to be around par and all the, you know, some people are complaining about how tough the course is, he's just going to go out there and he's going to make his long par saves
0: and yeah. get it done. I'm I'm pretty torn here because I got to make a one and done pick for Putakana and uh, I hate to use him up this early, but I yeah, feel a lot of i of adventures going on. There's a lot of events here. No. Maybe
1: I'll sell you on another guy a little bit, you know, shortly here.
0: <laughs> All right, Craig, who do you got for your second guy here? Who's your boy? Okay.
1: My second guy, I've spoken about him, uh, I think a couple times on the pod. Uh, Doc Redman, uh, who I just, I love to watch this guy play. So Doc is uh, 22 years old and he's 84th ranked in the world right now. Uh, he's got a pretty, pretty good amateur resume, uh, I mean, if he, if winning the U.S. Amateurs is, is good, then uh, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he uh, So I, he, I think he played a Walker Cup, uh, but but really the highlight is he, he won a U.S. Amateur. And, I, you know, I knew this, but I, I didn't know how clutch it was in his win. So this was back in 2017 at Riviera. Okay. And uh, against Doug Gim, apparently he was uh, – Doc Redmond was two two down with two to play – Uh, par five, both of them, you know, uh, both of them were up around the green and, uh, uh, Gim had, had made a chip that it was going to be a tap in birdie. Yeah. So, uh, Doc had a 60 footer. He has to win the hole to stay alive. Drains the bomb, (laughs) drains the 60 footer. Par four, last 18th hole at uh, at Riviera. Um, You know, hits a, hits a clutch shot in there, 10 foot birdie putt, makes the birdie, takes it to the playoff, and, um and gim just made a mess of the first playoff hole and had to After concede it that, he just, oh. <laughs> <He is laughs> like you'd be so close so like think about that on the par five you are two up you know all you have to do is push you hit you it like back on easy chip up <laughs> tap and birdie and then the guy drops a bomb for eagle and then makes a birdie you just like you would have this mentally in the bank and um yeah just slipped away but uh, anyways wow. doc redmond very big uh, U.S. amateur win there. Uh, anyway, so he turned he turned pro young. He uh, only played two seasons of NCAA golf and mm-hmm. turned pro in 2018. But uh, did not get onto the PGA. He uh, he was actually on the Mackenzie a little bit, the Mackenzie Tour up here in Canada. Yeah. Um, but he really the story for him on the PGA tour starts uh, in 2019. He Monday qualified onto the Rocket Mortgage and went on to finish second in the tournament. Now in that year, that was enough. So this is with that, you know, how many FedEx Cup points, or, or mm-hmm. I don't know at that point whether it was FedEx Cup points or still uh, money list, but essentially that was enough to give him special temporary status, wow. and so he parlayed that through the rest of that season into earning his card for 2019-2020, and uh, you know he had a pretty successful year in. 2019 2020 he finished 71st ultimately in mm-hmm. fedex got points so he he was just dismissed. he was yeah he was right on the bubble of uh getting into the bmw championship um but i mean he's one of these guys who's growing very rapidly uh he you know he's got the solid amateur mm-hmm. uh reputation he's He's a very, very good ball striker, but he is more, which you don't see as much. He's more of an accuracy guy than a distance yeah. guy. He 2020 stats, uh, he was 13th in driving accuracy and 12th in greens in regulation. Um, so, you know, a bit more of, of some of these older style of players where they're they're getting off the tee in good shape and and fair hitting greens
2: and try to make the birdies.
1: greens. Yeah. He was 11th in strokes gain approach so he's that's really where he excels is is hitting into greens um but then 40th in strokes gain total which uh you know if he his 40th in strokes gain total he's going to move up that uh, that mm-hmm. FedEx Cup he's going to get better results as we move forward here. Um but anyways, with Doc, I, I think the real thing... So, that second place finish is still his uh, best finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I'm I'm looking for from him this year... Uh, you know, like he wasn't in the U.S. Open. Um, he's sort of right... He's one of those guys that's right on the bubble. He's He's got his PGA Tour card. Right. It's, it's pretty secure. Uh, he needs to still, you know, take care of business. But really, he needs to be one of these guys that gets a win maybe in a weaker field event. Yeah. To to catapult himself up and we were talking about this i think before the safeway Open, and that's where he went and shot a 62 on sunday to to have a run at it right yeah uh, yeah. really um you know i want to see him move up into the top 50 and be in every major and it not even be a question and so really looking for him to get that first win would be the the easiest way to do that
2: yeah very cool backstory i didn't know that the amateur thing is is awesome yeah, um is but in awesome. the monday, monday qualifier as well to just kind of use that to kind of boost your career and never look back is is pretty special as well well and that's how the lot, thing is so
0: cory connors am i right yeah am I right
1: <laughs> it's so funny how like these guys can grind for years or like one week they can go from monday qualifying to a result and and you know yeah. get that s- back. temporary status yeah so young guy
2: looking for him to take the next step
0: no doubt okay adam who's your second guy here yeah so my second your guy boy.
2: look looking my boy outside the top 50 is thomas peters so if you're a fan of the podcast you might have heard me talking about him a little bit leading up to the u.s open and afterwards he kind of gave me a heartbreak which is good because i was going to talk about him this week and he didn't catapult into the top 50 which would have hurt me so you're glad he fell off of- <laughs> I'm glad he fell off after his friday <laughs> round yeah He's, sure, nicknamed- yes, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's nicknamed the be- uh, belgian bomber hailing from belgium uh, incredibly talented but he's also kind of well known for his club snapping and club throwing videos uh if you want to give those a watch they're on youtube you'll find them uh they-, they can be entertaining but he's my boy he's growing up and that's what i kind of want to highlight a little bit a little bit about but his backstory is pretty interesting so he does have experience in the u.s he was at illinois um he won the individual NCAA championship in 2013, in his sophomore year. And he led his team to the national championship, losing to Alabama. And in that match, he's the only person from Illinois to win his individual match. And guess who he beat? A little-known guy named Justin Thomas. Who? <laughs> so not just, he took on the best at Alabama. That guy's he, pretty good, I hear. He, he held up his end of this bargain, but I don't think his teammates were able to capitalize on that yeah I, that justin thomas guy never recovered either <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so that was 2013 after that he turned pro he headed back to europe uh through qualifying school he got his tour card he had a couple cop tens in 2014 uh, but his big breakthrough came in 2015 in late august early september he actually got two wins in a row the D real check masters and the klm open in consecutive tournaments uh moving himself inside the top 100 for the first time so getting his wins back-to-back back, he was kind of on a hot streak and that's kind of the player he is uh again sure, that was 2016-ish 2015 and then 2016 uh is his i mean kind of his real breakthrough year after his two wins so represented belgium in the olympics placed fourth didn't get that medal you know but oh, that's fourth. A
1: tough place in the olympics <sighs>
2: I just know, off the podium oh. I mean, <laughs> kevin's favorite won that one as everyone knows uh, but then the 2016 Ryder Justin Cup. Rose, gold medal Rose. winner. The 2016 uh, <laughs> Ryder Cup. I didn't know
0: what you were talking about, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's not my favorite. Just <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> he's
2: that not us, my boy. He's not your boy, yeah. That brings us to the 2016 Ryder Cup. And the Ryder Cup, I mean, it's a huge part of golf lore. And I think maybe even more for the European contingent, a little bit more than the Americans. But he was the captain's pick. And unless he, the Americans
1: win, then, then the they're Americans all about win. it. It's just when they lose that they're not all about it.
2: Exactly. So first time, he's a rookie on the European Ryder Cup team, and he tore through the Americans. Ended up getting four points for Europe. They still lost, but it's a rookie record for uh, the European team. And that just kind of boosted his status among, I mean, the European players there. And he still talks about his buddies from the Ryder Cup team.
1: Um, I feel like I feel like if I was to be on one of those teams, I'd much rather be on the Euro team. It just seems like they have so much more fun around Euro or around Rider Ryder Cup time.
2: Well, around the same time, he also made fun of Americans for not being able to hold their liquor because <laughs> they were playing in America, and I think some of the guys, some of the fans, weren't. Uh, We're intriguing him too well. Well, the one thing I think I it might've been Rory that said this. He
1: said like the real wins, like basically they expect you to hold court, you know, like the Americans should win in America and the Euro should win in Euro. So like the satisfying ones that the Euros have won in the last little bit have been when they win in the States. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, because the the home team gets to control the course set up too, right? So they tend to set up the course to favor the style of play of their teams. Yeah. So.
2: So Peters, 2017, he played his first ever Masters tournament and ended up placing fourth in his first time around Augusta. In 2018, T6 at the PGA Championship. Since then, he's kind of had a plateau. 2017, 2018, he it, got a couple more wins. He won a second time at the Real Czech Masters in 2019. Uh, but that brings us to 2020. COVID kind of was a, an appropriate break for him when he had to do the restart. He welcomed him and his girlfriend, their first baby to the world, Florence Peters, uh, and he said it's kind of changed his whole perspective. I mean, we've heard it from Rory a lot uh, that he kind of changed his perspective on golf. But I think this is the kind of guy who, because he runs fairly hot, that a perspective change uh, helps. So routinely one of the best ball strikers in Europe, if not the world. I mean, ranking right up there in ball strikers, we're talking, like Craig kind of mentioned Matsuyama, but almost consist- like as consistently outside the top 200 in putting. And he said if he was a top 100 petter, he'd be a top 10 player in the world. So his new kind of philosophy, I was reading in an interview recently that if he misses a putt, he just thinks of his baby girl and uh, it brings a smile back to his face and he'll, he'll move on to the next hole. And I think that kind of attitude, he's my boy. He's my boy to watch in 2020, 2021. Uh, I think he can make, uh,
0: make some noise for sure. I like you're it. just a you're just a girl dad softy now. <laughs> Join the
2: club, buddy. Join <laughs> the club. As a fellow girl dad, I think Peters is going to be a yeah. I was just looking
1: here at the 2016 um, Ryder Cup, and I mean, it also helps that he is getting carried by Rory. I'm assuming they they were paired up together. <laughs>
2: Hey, and they're paired up for uh, for a few things now. They got parent classes. They got first birthdays together. They can do a bunch of things together.
1: I do like to see this McElroy Peters over at Kepka Dustin Johnson. Yeah, no Whew. kidding.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to move on here to my third boy. Um, as as most of our listeners know, we allude allude to it often. We are Canadian. Our heritage, however, is Scottish, and my middle name is Robert. So. <laughs> This next pick just seemed like a natural fit. Mr. Robert McIntyre. That's a stretch uh, if born... I've ever heard one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, born August 3rd, 1996 in Oban, Scotland. Um, Robert McIntyre is a lefty. He uh, has had a very successful amateur career. He won the 2013 Scottish Youths championship and the 2013 Scottish boys Open stroke play championship. Um, He's kind of all along the way. He won the Scottish Amateur Championship in 2015. He was runner-up in the Amateur Championship, which is like the British Am in 2016. Mm-hmm. He won the Eisenhower Trophy in 2016. Um, he played on, or sorry, he played in the Eisenhower Trophy, I believe. That's an event. Um, he played on the 2017 Walker Cup team for Europe, in which he went 1-1-1. One, one, and one he was 1 1 and 0 in singles matches his first uh, singles match he won 6 and 4 over Cameron okay. Champ oh, okay oh. and then his second his second match against champ he halved um so 6 and 4 you know four? he's that's got a, some... that's a big win a big win that's a, and, win. That's a wallop You know, he he had one and a half, he earned one and a half points solo of the seven that the the European team won. That that American team was. That American team stacked. Yeah, that was a stack. Is that like
2: Murakawa and like all those guys? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he turned pro later in 2017 uh, after the Walker Cup. He um, went to the Mina golf tour, which he, in his first two events, he went. Tied for third and then one. So it sounds so, like a <laughs> real So he with that uh, you don't belong he, in this tour. You're getting bumped up. Yeah. <laughs> so he with that those finishes he secured his challenge tour card for 2018. So in two thousand in August 2018, he lost in a playoff, finished tied for fourth, lost in a playoff, finished tied for sixth in consecutive weeks. Wow. That's to uh, I believe that was the consecutive weeks to secure his Euro Tour card for 2019. So mm. last year was his first year on the European Tour. Um, he finished runner up in the Belfried British Masters. Um you know the British Masters. Yeah. We don't need to make the,
1: sure their sponsor gets in here.
0: Bet, yeah. bet, no yeah, free plugs. British Masters. That's right. But <laughs> he finished runner up in the British Masters. Um, and he finished tied for sixth at his first open championship at Royal Port Rush. Yeah, I remember and that. Tied for fourth at the Italian Open uh last year. So all that together he finished eleventh in the race to Dubai and he won the Sir Henry Crofton. Is that it? Sir Henry Cotton Rookie of the Year award on the no, year race award.
1: race to Dubai is essentially their FedEx Cup. It's yeah, like their right. their tour yeah. championship. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um so far in his majors this year, he's made two cuts. He's finished tied for 66 and tied for 56, so kind of fell off uh, right. after making the cut. Um, and he's currently 89th in the World Golf Ranking. So what I'm looking for from uh, McIntyre this year is to, to just kind of continue building on what he's obviously you know he's already done he, every every stage of his career he's just consistently moved up and built on it and i expect Taking him to do the same yeah he he had a bit of a wrist injury um so the break came at a good time for him mm. it allowed him to kind of heal it up so um yeah i'm just looking to see what he can do i imagine he'll spend most of his time on the european tour again this year um, and you know, with enough strong finishes, he's gonna keep his world golf ranking up, and he will qualify for majors uh, in doing so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking for him to to keep building on that, and and maybe coming across the pond at some point, and. Um, you know competing on the pga tour full-time
1: give us someone to keep track of on these week-to-week euro events that uh... yeah
0: exactly that's that's why i wanted to pick somebody on the euro tour here and um it's it's somebody i I knew very little about until i started digging into him a little bit but young guy a lot of talent um let's see what he does he's one of my boys now so i'm following (laughs) as you guys know i like to sometimes dabble
2: in a a multi-tour parlay going pga champions euro trying to Get kind of three or four winners in a row. And uh your boy Bobby Mack was on quite a run uh last year, so he came across in a, a few of my parlays, and I think he's done I think he's done pretty okay for me. So I'm a fan of his as well. He's a good player.
1: Yeah, I like it. It's always easy to cheer for a Scotsman.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: All right, Craig, who do you have as your final boy? I'm up. Uh so my my boy is someone who the the COVID break was not so good for in terms of timing. Um, And this is someone I've been hyping up for a little bit now, but Will Zalatoris. uh, Oh, another
0: another member of that 2017 Walker Cup team. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um so you know this guy uh, I think everyone's probably heard of him now after the US Open uh he you know he he went out and he was top 6 or tied for 6 uh he had a hole in one almost had two hole in ones on in the single round um but but really so the thing that uh that's a little hard to believe is that he started 2020 ranked 617th in the world um which if you i mean that it's a little bit reflective of how these points are so heavily skewed towards certain events but uh, mm-hmm. these guys on the corn ferry tour um do and i mean he hadn't had the results on the corn ferry tour until this year and he just has been absolutely dominant but um he was not the 617th best golfer in the world um so now he's ranked uh i believe he's at 76 after the US Open but uh, really, ultimately, for him, it's about trying to get on to the the PGA Tour here. So, um, he uh, he earned from his um, U.S. Open finish. He earned 105 points FedEx Cup points, right? And he'll need to get to 288 to get this special temporary status. That then, I mean, for him, it's going to open the door, and he'll be on the tour.
2: Craig, I um, I, I just want to correct you there. I think it's 288.035. Um, I know you're a stats guy, so just. To make sure That's actually that. important because if he got to that 288, then
1: he'd have to get, you know, he'd be grinding to make a cut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, also, uh, he also got uh, with his, his uh, finish, he gets into the uh, Corrales Punta Cana this week um, without using one of his seven uh, sponsors exemptions. So essentially, he'll have, he'll have this week. If he top tens again, then maybe he'll get another one out of that without having to use. But essentially, he's got eight tournaments-ish. to. I think to, he's
0: going to top ten.
2: I think he's going to top ten, <laughs> so too. I, um, that's kind of crazy. Can we take a quick break there? If he, is he the first ever non-PGA Tour member to be the betting favorite at a PGA Tour event? I mean, he not well, I mean, you'd,
1: you'd potentially have Euro guys who are not officially PGA Tour members, but yeah. it might be like the first guy to come up from the, the Corn you know, Ferry, Corn Ferry, or Web, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was called at the time. Um, but essentially, the, the real what I want to see is this guy. So normally, August to September, the end of the season, they graduate guys, and mm-hmm. so he would have been, you know, based on so this season he was 10 for 16 in terms of his starts on the corn Ferry tour he was in the top 10 his last 11 starts he was in the top 20 that has never happened in the history of the tour he is 81 percent greens in regulation Um, i mean everyone was raving about his ball striking this week at the u.s open uh, but this is not a secret like this guy has been doing this all season long Uh, his scoring average is pretty close to the uh if he keeps it up if he goes back to the corn fairy and keeps it up it's pretty close to the best ever on this at that level um so this guy it just is like can he get it done in these few tournaments to Mm -hmm. get his special temporary status to get his full-time status you know yeah um but the the one fun fact i wanted to bring up so apparently spieth uh he grew up in uh Zalatoris and Speeth grew up together in Dallas, hmm. uh playing, you know, junior amateur uh junior golf together. And uh so apparently Will Zalatoris was really good, young and then he had a in a year and a half he grew from five foot four to six one he, he went from <laughs> being five five four one forty to six one one forty five and like apparently his game fell apart and i just i mean i don't know i could totally um you know i, I could think totally... all of
0: us can relate yeah. To that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <The girl> <laughs> yeah so um i remember going from like basketball was my favorite sport then and i went from being able to like be a pretty good player and then I you know I was about 5'4 and then I grew in at 6'2 and I was so excited because I was finally big enough but I was like dribbling the ball off my knee and like I just did not have any coordination so
0: and then, they, uh, and then coach would put you down in the post because you're tall and you just <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'd weigh about 145 <laughs> pounds and so on. people would toss you off to the side with one hand <laughs> um, I've been there I've been there
1: so apparently though like he almost uh, he was pretty relieved when he got his uh offer he, like he, he it was almost at the point where he wasn't gonna have university offers wow. but essentially because he was so good there was a little bit of foresight used that he was gonna he was gonna put it all together again um and and yeah he did but it's i got a little bit more appreciation for the fact you know he's i think 23 24 ish now and just making making you know playing at the level that uh that some guys get to when they're 21 22 yeah
0: yeah, he's, he. I mean, I didn't know much about him until you started talking about him. But watching him at the U.S. Open there last week was pretty uh, impressive. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Even though he didn't get on the coverage all that much, when he did, it was impressive. When it yeah, did, he it was because he did something lot. that forced them to point the camera that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. All right, Adam. Who do you have for your last boy? Yeah, so my uh, my third
2: boy here is uh, I'm going a little bit off uh, off the radar. You guys know I like to build my all Madden teams. I got the young team with tons of potential here. So my third my third boy is Sahith Tigala, age 23. I don't think many of our listeners know him. He he's actually had quite an interesting journey to get. Um, well, he's only rolled uh, 1271, but he's had an interesting journey. He's going <laughs> to move up very rapidly. I've talked about him before on the podcast. Very decorated NCAA career that he just finished this year. He won the Haskins Award, the Ben Hogan Award, and the Jack Nicklaus Award all this year. He became the fifth ever player to do so. He's a three-time All-American um, during his kind of stint in uh, at Pepperdine U- University. Just like uh, Zalatoris, he doesn't have status yet. So he's going to be grinding sponsor exemptions. He's going to be grinding... Uh, Monday qualifiers. He's going to do anything he can to kind of make his way and get those 288 FedEx points so he can get some kind of status. And now
1: he would have – he had a good finish, so he would have some now in his pocket.
2: Yeah, so he – in the first event of the 2021 season, he got a top 25 at the Safeway Open – uh, earned about 50 points. So he I mean he's got a ways to go. And the thing is, it's just a matter of how many starts he gets on the PJ. Well, yeah, that's what it puts so
1: much pressure on these young guys, too. Cause I don't know. I mean, they just limit them to seven sponsor exemptions. And
2: <laughs> it's crazy. So he um yeah, he didn't grow up, I mean, necessarily with his family at a at a private course or a country club or anything like that. He learned on game on a, as he calls it, like a pretty, pretty crappy public course. And he would play in these junior tournaments just to get an idea of what better courses were like. Because he, like, <laughs> he, <didn't laughs> he didn't know yeah. how to play on faster Green. So he just kept entering more tournaments and kind of learned and learned. It was probably them. the cheapest way for him to get <laughs> <Yeah>. onto those. <laughs> um he's he talks about being a big field player he's he's all about like his touch basically he says so. Him him and bryson have that in common (laughs) yeah exactly nothing mechanics based uh his college teammate said he just kind of looks at the looks at the shot tries to shape it in his head and goes with it he likes to shape it both ways um and yeah i just wanted to highlight in he's he's played the usm a couple times so 2016 was kind of interesting so he made it to the round of 64 um, and he went through a couple interesting names. So round of sixty four defeats Justin Sue, who Craig and I talked about. You can find on our YouTube channel. Round of thirty two
1: defeats. So just just real quick, Justin Sue is very decorated. Um, you know, four time All American. Uh, he's got all the all the amateur uh, credentials you could ask for.
2: He's right up there with Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf as kind of he was the fourth of the foursome there. Yeah. Round of thirty two defeats Sam Burns by one. And then round of 16 defeats Joaquin Neiman, 3-1. So he went through Sue, Burns, and Neiman. And then eventually in the quarterfinals, lost to the uh, eventual w- winner, Curtis Luck. So wow. Sahit Thigala is extremely talented, big field guy. He's uh, Indian-American, nice tall guy like us. Uh, a guy I just want to see more and more and more of uh, as the year goes on. And hopefully he can kind of make uh, – Uh, like take advantage of his limited starts and kind of get his crack on the pga tour here because i think he's got tons of talent
1: yeah now i could be wrong on this but was he the one who like essentially their team was looking set up to win the ncaa championship this year but it all was canceled because of covid and uh so he, he essentially was not able to finish the finish the job and and cap off his Exactly. His like I think they were, they
2: were first and kind of cruising their way. He could have actually come back because of the COVID rules, but I think it would have been his sixth year. He was a redshirt freshman. And he would have,
1: but he would have had to put a full yeah. full another year in. Which... And I think
2: he knows like he's ready to turn pro. Um, yeah. It's just such a, it's such an interesting time for these guys to turn pro and try to kind of get their status some way. They have to kind of scratch and claw to get their status. So yeah, definitely watch out for Sahith Thigala. Be early on him. I think he's going to do some, some really cool things on the PGA Tour when's his next start do you know i don't know so uh a top 10 in the safeway open would have got him into the corrales Putacana, but he fell back a little bit on sunday so i don't know i'm going to be following him on twitter and hopefully uh he'll get a sponsor exemption in the next couple i mean this fall season is kind of the big chunk i think a lot of these guys need to take advantage of yeah Right
0: on. Cool, guys. Well, let's just give a quick recap. So my boys for the year, you're going to hear about them every time they do something. So my boys for the year are Tony Finau, Mackenzie Hughes, and Robert McIntyre. Greg?
1: Yeah, I've got my boy Hideki
2: Matsuyama, Doc Redman, and uh, Will Zalatoris. I like you guys. I like, I like your boys. But here's, here's the ones you want to watch out for. My boys, Patrick Cantley, Thomas Peters, and Sahith Figala. I mean, I also, I want to say like Rory's also my boy. I just
0: <laughs> yeah, I, Tiger's my boy too. But I, mean. <laughs> all right, I think all you guys right. know about
1: them though already. So. All right.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. Check out all our content at grandstandgolf.com. Uh, guys, do you want to tell them where they can find you, Adam? Yeah. So find me on Twitter at Adam Bapti. And Craig?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Grandstand Craig.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Grandstand Kevin. Thanks a lot for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to talking golf with you again in the future. Take care. See you guys. Thanks a lot, guys.